Welcome to Ponzionomics 101. I'm Melissa Milner, a veteran teacher and host of the Teacher As podcast. And I'm Robert Fitzpatrick, author of the book Ponzionomics. We are hosting Ponzionomics 101, a limited series, 10 episode podcast for anyone who would like to learn more about multi-level marketing and why it should be avoided. We hope you will share it with anyone wanting or needing to learn more. We hope this 10-episode podcast will be a unique resource for anyone wanting to understand the reality of multi-level marketing. We are providing valuable information that is not currently being taught in our public schools, colleges, and universities. The best defense is awareness. Be informed, think, question everything, and keep your mind engaged. Welcome back to Ponzinomics 101. This is actually our last episode of season one. We've had different kinds of episodes this season. In 10 episodes, we've had lessons from Robert, interviews, and our last two episodes are Robert and I just chatting about important MLM-related topics. If you haven't listened to episode nine or the other eight episodes, you are definitely in for a treat with a lot of MLM education ahead of you. So Robert, do you want to explain the important topic we're chatting about today? Yes. Everything that we've talked about up to now has been about a consumer recognizing what a pyramid scheme is, how multi-level marketing qualifies in that definition of a pyramid scheme, and therefore, obviously, why to stay away from them. So this is why are we doing this? Well, we are part of something quite a bit larger than us. Of course, there are many podcasts now that are called officially anti-MLM. So there is now a consumer movement, and this is new. I, I've dated within the last five years. You could call this a consumer movement. Why a consumer movement? Because millions, 20 million actually every year, are ensnared in these multi-level marketing pyramid schemes. So now there is a voice rising from the consumer world, not from the government, not from mm -hmm. Congress or anything like that. It's coming directly out of the, what you might call grassroots, civil society. People who have been in. Yes. And, and been messed up by it, yeah. And or their friends. Sometimes it's family members, uh, you know, who, who were... Uh, yeah. And so it's not just from people who were harmed and now, uh, you know, are seeking restitution or something like that. It, it's just also people who say this this should not be in our communities. The problem here, though, is now that it's a consumer movement, the question comes up, uh, what do you want? You know, what do you want done? But before you can answer that, you have to also say, well, what is it exactly that you are against and that has not been defined and and until that is defined i think the movement will be largely a cacophony of complaint and and that's not bad i mean complaining sometimes gets some results you know uh, but it's very dispersed it's ineffective and it can become almost uh, it tends to lose energy when it's un unfocused would you say this is your vision of what anti-MLM should be trying to do? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I would call this a, a, the next stage. I'm not even saying it will necessarily get there. There are plenty of movements that just peter out uh, for lack of organization and for lack of being able to focus on, on a resolution. Uh, it does happen. Or the opposition is so strong, they just never overcome it. I mean, that that has happened. Yeah. Certainly, we've seen this in other other areas of American life. Yes, I, I see this as the next stage. This is where the 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 movement and and so in a way, what we're going to talk about here uh today is a message to all those who are currently engaged in the anti-MLM movement who identify that way. And there are now thousands and thousands of people in many countries yeah. who actively would want to do something and feel and I, I I hear it from even people inside academia, learning people that are in, the, for example, they're, they're going to be in social work or counseling or psychology. They're dealing with people who have been damaged personally by multi-level marketing. And they're asking, what's the antidote? How do you get people out? And so it's coming from various sides. It has not yet reached the political side. Someday it must. But right now, there's not a single member of Congress who has dared to speak about it. And we know why, because there are two reasons why. One is the money and the influence of MLM, which is huge. They have a, a big lobby on K Street in Washington every day to prevent law enforcement. Second, it's us. We have not mobilized ourselves as a voice. So that's that's just the dynamics of power. That's the way it works. Right. So, you know, the anti-MLM declaration is uh, hopefully a one, you know, step toward eventual mobilization, greater, more effective anti-MLM movement. And that's my my uh, intention for, for writing it. I think it's really important for everybody to hear this. Well, I, sh- I should say also in the case of multi-level marketing, there are powerful reasons why there has not been. Uh, a declaration or a focus. I, I think there's a threshold you can go up to with multi-level marketing, and it and it begins with the very first declaration of defining what it is, and that's where a lot of people they walk up to that line and they they back away because it, it, when once you decide, uh, and maybe we should just go right in into them. Yeah, it, it's a political thing to define it. It is. Very it political. Is. When you yeah. take that stand, uh, there's sort of uh, all kinds of ramifications from it. So let's just go go through them. The very first one. In fact, the first one, the others more or less follow the first one. And the first one is simply defining what multi-level marketing is. And, and you can begin to do that by simply saying what it is not. That is removing the disguise. Once you take the mask off, then you get the opportunity to say, well, okay, what am I looking at then if it's not what it masquerades as? Just like you talked about with the airplane game. Yep. Yeah. The airplane game had a, had a pretty thin disguise, but it was sufficient to enroll yeah. gigantic numbers of people and to mobilize millions and millions of dollars. Um, once the disguise is off, it's it's almost laughable. I find multi-level marketing once the disguise is off. And uh, many people realize that too. It's yeah. absurd once you take <laughs> the disguise. That's so yeah. 
silly almost. Okay, so number one is MLM is not business. MLM is not direct selling. So by business, I mean the normal course of business. And usually, and you know, it's, there is, it's, interestingly, there's not really very much said about what constitutes a business. When, when does something become a, something become a business? And it isn't just profit, nonprofit, because profit and nonprofit are also businesses. Both of them are businesses, really. Um, but MLM is the, the traditional definition of a business is that, first of all, it's a voluntary contract. You know, we're going to do business together. We both know what we're doing. We agree. Uh, each each of us willingly goes into the proposition together to make an, a transfer, an exchange, a transaction of some kind. And we do it willingly and voluntarily. That's that's the way business is. And secondly, uh, that at, at when we get into the transaction, uh, it results in an exchange of value, a relatively fair. It, one side can kind of get the advantage over the other, perhaps. But not too much, because once it gets too much, you call it a scam. You know, you say this wasn't fair. So there is an element. And interestingly, MLM has been defined by the uh, FTC. When they call it a pyramid scheme, they call it an unfair and deceptive trade practice. So they are saying it operated unfairly when they call it a pyramid scheme. And it was engaging in deception. So there's no voluntary. If, if you're deceived, you didn't do it voluntarily. <clears throat> and it's unfair, so it didn't result in a fair exchange of value. But they still call it a trade practice. Yeah. So they're saying MLM itself is a business, but when it operates as a pyramid scheme, it's just an unfair and deceptive business. So and and you're this, saying no, no, it's not a business because <laughs> it was never a business in the first place. The right. ones that they prosecute are indistinguishable from the ones they don't prosecute. And if you ask the FTC, as many people have done, okay, you're calling the ones you prosecuted unfair and deceptive pyramid schemes, and you singled them out. Can you then? But you also assert that MLM itself is legitimate. So fairness and lack of deception would be the norm in that by that thinking. So give me one, tell me one, please, Mr. And Mr. or Ms. FTC, <laughs> which is not unfair and deceptive. That is not can you just name one? Give give us a give us some a, a, a benchmark silence. You'll never hear it from them because they can't name one. And if you, and then you see on the website of the FTC this ridiculous advisory telling you, well, you know, stay away from this type of company, one that emphasizes recruiting over selling. Okay, 100%. Hello. You just eliminated 100% <laughs> of them. Well, emphasize can be seen in different ways. I mean, it's such gray area. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. It's yeah. a useless advisory. That's why I said it's a silly, absurd advisory. On its face, it's meaningless since all MLMs emphasize recruiting over selling. All of them do. And secondly, they, as you said, use the word emphasize, which is a vague term, could mean anything. So the second part is uh, f flows from the first. Uh, MLM is not direct selling. And we've done, I think, an adequate job <clears throat> on this podcast to explain what direct selling is. I have a little book coming out soon called Direct Selling. And direct selling, that is a story of what real direct selling actually looks 
like, or I should say looked like, because direct selling, door-to-door selling, person-to-person is gone away. We don't need it. It serves no economic purpose for the most part. There are a few things, uh, home contracting, perhaps, you know, there's a few things that where they still come out to your house, but they still come out to solicit you to your house directly. So, um, so anybody that would look at MLM, uh, on its face again, would, this is not rocket science here. You, you don't see thousands of MLMers out knocking on doors, calling on people. They don't sell the products. Nobody I've ever met in MLM makes money from just selling the product. And you, in fact, cannot because there's no profit. You have nothing unique. You have so many competitors. You couldn't possibly keep a customer and so on. It's not direct selling. So we start off by saying that would be the first declaration. So, you know, let's get real here. MLM is not a business and it's not direct selling. So that leads us on to the second one in in some ways uh, may seem less important, but actually what you just, what you find out is that once people change their language, the mind will change too. And, and this has been an educational process for me because like everybody else, I began describing MLM in business terms. It was an industry. It was direct selling industry, but it was not, you know, it was somehow sinister and, and uh, distorted and, and, and it abused people and it was predatory and so on. Uh, so eventually you say, well, this, this, this no longer qualifies as a business. So how do you even speak of it then? So if, if sales are not really sales, and commissions are actually pyramid money transfers. So, um, so it begins by dropping these words. It's not an industry. It's maybe you could call it a cartel. You know, it's a group of gangs. I've heard you terms like gangs, gangsterism and things like this. But whatever the words are that people choose, scam, swindle, whatever it, pyramid scheme, whatever it is. Just drop these terms of calling it an industry. Don't use the theatrical terms MLM itself invented like, oh, you're a distributor now. Oh, you're an executive director. No, no, no. That's just recruiting levels. That's all that is. That's level one, two, three. Yeah, that's the masquerade. Don't call money transfers, profits, commissions. Don't call the money that the company gets a profit. That's ill-gotten money. That's right. so once the language changes, then the reality becomes much more apparent and undeniable. But as long as you keep using that business language, you're stuck in there. Your mind, you know, is being told one thing and reality is another. If you kept calling Bernie Madoff, a hedge fund manager after it was revealed to you that it was a pyramid scheme that he wasn't even investing the money but you kept calling <laughs> him the owner of a, a prominent yeah. wall street good point uh, and that he was a member of the financial community good point yeah you, you you your mind can't hold two contradictory things at the same time you know that they've learned that we've discovered that so that's kind of what you're doing when you keep using the business language and not only are you stuck in that mask, you know, stuck in that misunderstanding, but if you're a content creator, you're spreading that misunderstanding. That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. So we and as it, content it, creators need to work on that. Yeah, because you're discrediting your your own statements. You become now, uh, you want to say to somebody who's giving this long list of abusive practices, of deception, of ruined lives, and you want to say, um, are you talking about a, a business? If it's just a business, what were you doing there? Why would you be in a business like that? And it just doesn't compute to describe, to use the the terms that people, the consequences that we know occur, the methods that are used to enroll people, those are not business. Putting a gun to someone's head and saying, you know, making an offer you can't refuse, that's not a business proposition, right? And also deceiving somebody and getting their money, a bait and switch, for example, is not a business method. That is not marketing. That's a fraud. So, yep. you know, we're talking about fraud. Also, in LuLaRoe's case, saying the moment you sell something, buy, you should be buying and buying, like having them, if I'm not going to call them salespeople, <laughs> the distributors, having the downline. Yeah, the participants. Yeah. The, the participants mm-hmm. buying things that they're never going to be able to sell as well. That's not business. That's right. So uh, officially you're buying something for the purpose of resale, but you cannot resell those products on the, on the whole. I'm not saying you never could, and you couldn't lean on your family and so on to, to buy it, but you can't sustainably and profitably resell that stuff. So it is, it is not a direct selling business. And so just because somebody purchased goods in order to join the chain, which you do have to do, and then purchased goods for a while every month in order to keep a position or increase their position on the which chain. Which should be yeah. a red flag. Should that be a should, huge That's red flag. right. It's a, it should be a red flag <laughs> yeah. of a pyramid scheme, and it should not be continuously called sales and selling and revenue and so on. All of those things will, will change. The whole thing comes unraveled. Once you shift your language, it's it's quite amazing when you change the language. So, you know, as we said in the airplane game, it was called a gift. You literally put money in an envelope and gave it to the person at the top of the pyramid who had the theatrical name pilot, and you had the theatrical name passenger, and you put the money in an envelope and gave it to that person. You did that, and that was the method of the scheme, and it was called a gift, a gift. So, you know. It was never a gift. Of course, it was a payment and it was uh, for the purpose. And and you put your money in as the price for getting involved. The person who got the money, that was the reward for having enrolled you. So classic pyramid scheme, just change the language, call it gifting. And suddenly it was for people became a reason. Okay, so that's the two the two key things. And then from there, I think we move on to the the next thing about MLM, we're now more, we've said what it's not. We can say more about what it is. How does it work? And the, the number three is called, first begins, MLMs are essentially identical. <laughs> this is why I said the ones they prosecute and the ones they don't prosecute are indistinguishable because they may have different names. They may have different products. And one is Mormon oriented and another is some other thing oriented. And one goes after one ethnic group and another a different ethnic group or something. One is oriented to women and another is oriented to men. So what? These are superficial characteristics. Essentially, they are all the same. A pyramid scheme uh, is a pyramid scheme is a pyramid yeah. scheme. <laughs> and and uh, uh, going back to the products and the sales, 
it, reality is, and this was actually in a lawsuit now been, that has been brought by regulators in India against Amway, yeah. those regulators are saying those are not sales, those are Ponzi transactions, and it's a form of money laundering. And so that's what I'm really saying here. If you strip away the business terminology and acknowledge that MLM does not qualify as direct selling or even as a bit, well, then what's going on here? Money is being transacted and exchanged. Products are being moved back and forth. So what is actually occurring? Well, the products are really the methodology instead of putting money in an envelope, calling it a gift. You buy $100 worth of vitamin pills every month. You know, that's the method of the money transfer. And they're overpriced so that the money transfer can work. Yeah, they're always going to be overpriced. You know, they're not price competitive. That's the point, because they're never going to be sold in the outside market anyway. They're really an internal method of money transfer. Um, and And they also serve beautifully as disguise for direct selling. So people go, how could it be a pyramid scheme? It's all about essential oils. It's all about vitamins. It helps my hair grow. It banishes aging. It stopped the wrinkles. It's, you know, it's revitalized my energy and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's all part of the distraction. Look over there, look over there, look at the product. But, you know, and and in fact, after you get in, you discover, oh, no, it's all about recruiting. It's just about recruiting. So let's just go back and say these one, two, three things again. First, it's not business, doesn't qualify, not voluntary, no exchange of value here. MLM is not direct selling. That's an absurdity. You can't buy these products and go out in the retail open competitive market and make a living selling them. Never has. Nobody does. It's all really about recruiting. Second, to talk about MLM, you have to change your language. And and we don't go in here into exactly what language you should be using. That can evolve. The first is to drop. If you do use terms like distributor, that, you know, as David Breyer, who is one of my mentors and one of the, I think, the most astute observers of this, says, you have to use those terms with extreme irony. Yeah. <laughs> right. You put you put quotes around it. Yeah. The, the distributors. Right. They're not distributing. They're recruiters or victims, but they're not distributors. So if you use those terms, use them you know, with quotes, air quotes, extreme irony. But could you say, like when I was just trying to figure out a better word, could you just say the downline? Because that's what they are. The, da- the yeah. downline, yes. The downline is is the is the mechanism of a pyramid scheme. It's the people below the, yeah. you know. So uh, some people have called them adherents, meaning there's a belief involved here too, but we'll get to that in a moment. So, um, so then, so you, you know, you, you strip away the direct selling in the business disguise, then you take away the business terminology. And that's these are declarations. You know, assertively we say, you know, they're not they're not business and they do not deserve, and it's inappropriate and it's misleading to use business language. And then the next thing was to de- describe them a little more particularly. They're all the same. They have essential characteristics, and we've named those essential characteristics. The first one starts with an endless chain. And then moves on to the pay. You have to pay. To make money, you have to recruit. And after you've paid and recruited, there is a transfer of money from the bottom, an extreme transfer from the bottom straight up to the top. Yeah. And that's the essential characteristics uh, of MLM. 
And so the money transfers, uh, that's what that's all about. And the products are merely the, the methodology for doing that. You could say the products are kind of the mask, right? They're part of the mask. They're definitely part of the mask. Yeah. yeah. The, the products have you talking about, you know, the design like in LuLaRoe, when the mania was in force and the illusion was uh, maintained as reality that this was a business, people talked about the design. Are they ugly? Are they beautiful? Are they creative? And then, of course, when it all collapsed, people started saying, how in the world were we ever even buying those things? And it turned <laughs> out the designer was, was uh, you know, taking other designs from other companies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was no quality. There was no imagination. There was no creativity. It was just pumping out these things because they were needed for these money transfers, you know. Right. Yeah. LuLaRoe had, as we know, certain disadvantages as a, an MLM because of things like that. If you're just selling vitamin pills, you don't really have to worry about that. Nobody knows what's in the vitamin pill anyway. Right. Nobody can verify. Does, Quality does, control. Yeah, yeah. Or whether it really does anything whatsoever. So then we get down to asserting, uh, there's two more, asserting, well, then what is it also? We, we've we've described it as pyramid scheme, money transfer, whatever you want to call that. Um, but there's something else going on because it would never have survived just purely on financial terms. Uh, it's it's too it's too uh, the, the consequences are 99% lose every year. So uh, how does anything endure in a marketplace um, with that kind of a record? Well, it's because MLM is not just a financial pyramid scheme or a financial scam or whatever you want to say, however you want to describe that. It's a belief system. And it's a delusional belief system. And in some ways, that's more important to people. And this is hard for people on the outside to grasp this. The real harm of MLM is not that they just got your money, but they got inside your head. And they yeah. cause people to change their whole lives in many cases. Uh, abandon That's the cult, the culty piece. Yeah, the, the cult. Well, cult again is a, a difficult word. It's not easily defined, uh, but we know that a cult is about coercion, and we know that it is sometimes called undue influence or sometimes right. brainwashing. So this is a powerful persuasion method in which people are separated from objective reality. They are separated from their, their identities that they have grown up with and assumed in their childhood, in their family, in their community. We all have an identity. Yeah. A cult has the power for you to put aside your own identity, to doubt your own identity, and no longer accept your own identity and leave you completely vulnerable to the influence of someone else who tells you, well, that's not who you are. Here's who you're going to be. Right. Well, and those people, it's the us versus them too, which is, that was big in Amway. Right. So cults yeah. always uh, control. They are about domination and control. So this is actually in a way, I, I, I should say in reality, the, the, power of MLM is in its ability to dominate people's minds and to yes. change their belief systems 
once you do that, of course, you can take their money, but you can take everything. You can take their homes. You can take their credit. You can get them to abandon their spouses, to even to neglect their children and so on. Uh, unbelievable things that you can do. They become literal slaves. They are enslaved, mentally enslaved. Well, there's abundant evidence that MLMs are doing this on a gigantic scale all over the world. And now, even in popular language, the term bot, hunbot, and people say it laughingly, but what are we talking about? We're talking about people who have become fallen under a spell. They're under control. Um, and that this scheme has this kind of power, uses these methods. Um, again, this is another reason why you should never call MLM a business. Businesses cannot do right. this because businesses involve voluntary contracts and exchanges of value. And those are very rational things. And people can buy and sell crazy stuff, but it does not dominate their whole lives. You know, you can be a right. great fan of a car or computer or whatever, or a movie star, but it doesn't completely dominate your whole life. So, uh, you know, this is this is should be said. This should be part of the declaration. And members of Congress should stop dancing around and being afraid to say. What are we talking? We're talking about a destructive cult movement, arguably the largest cult in the world. And, I hear uh, people call it commercial cult. A commercial but, cult, an economic. But commercial, commercial gives it credence as well. It does. Because that sounds like business. It does. And in fact, yeah. in business, I think people, and I've heard this in Wall Street and others, they look at MLM and they go, my God, this is the greatest business I've ever seen. I mean, talk about marketing power. They have total control over their customers, so-called customers. <laughs> and how do we do that? And how do I want to get in on that? How do I invest in that? Because this looks like, heck, a lot better than investing in, you know, real business. And if this is legal, I want in on it as a profit here, you know. So, but part uh, part of uh, the the delusion of the MLM cult is to accept the idea of the endless chain as a viable business. There's the first delusion, the infinity factor that, oh, I can recruit five. How do you recruit the five? Well, I tell them they can recruit five each also. Well, now we're up to 25. The 25 need 125 and so on. You only go about 12 more levels and you pass the population. It's not possible. You pass the population of the earth. So it's unsustainable. And for as long as it operates, the vast majority are always in the bottom ranks. Yep. So whether it runs for 10 days or 10 years, doesn't matter. The proportion of people, of all people who have ever participated, will remain mathematically the same, which is virtually everybody. When you think about it, this is the most, it's an impossible proposition. And they managed to convince people that it is a real business proposition. And again, with the FTC saying not necessarily disagreeing, that's a huge issue. And yeah, and which we will come to the last. The last item is is that. But you're absolutely so true. I is that I've said this. If the FTC just shut up and said we have nothing to say, we have nothing to say about this. I think more people would come to an understanding quickly on their own 
that, oh my God, yeah, I'm not yeah. making money. Nobody around me is making money. What the heck is going on here? And they'd figure it out. But as they'd long as up, the, yeah. as long as this thing has the authorization of the Federal Trade Commission, of course, we, there are others, the silence of Congress, the backing of the of the Better Business Bureau, the backing of the Chamber of Commerce, and so on. The promotion of it by the U.S. Department of Commerce and Department of State. The fact that former members yeah. of the of secretaries of state have worked for these MLMs. Members yeah. of the Federal Trade Commission have gone on to work for MLMs. So this gives it a, a, a fake credibility that is very hard for an individual to refute. Say, well, who am I? I've had this given to me so many times. Who the hell are you? Are you smarter than the Chamber of Commerce? And the Department? Exactly. Well, no, I'm not smarter, but facts are facts. Just look at them. I didn't make this up. So let's go to the last one. Um which again, we said there's a, a threshold you can go up to when you say it's not a business, it's not direct selling. You're left with this terrible question. Well, then what is it? And that's where a lot of people shrink back from. I don't want to go there because if you're saying it's not business, it's some kind of a swindle on a gigantic scale that the government has allowed to occur. And that's just too big. That's too much. I'm not going to go there. So, well, we already passed that point. And now we go on to the last point of um, this whole business of being state-sponsored, so to speak, state-supported, government-endorsed, protected from law enforcement by law enforcement. And this is achieved over, and as I tried to explain in Ponzinomics, I have a long, long chapter on this. This has been done in the old-fashioned way, lobbying, political influence yeah. buying, um, uh, media control, and so on. All of these things can, come into play. But in the end, it all happened really in 1979 when the Federal Trade Commission reversed its entire policy, contradicted its own lawyers, and uh, gave Amway, which was the oldest and largest of multi-level marketing companies, a green light, called it not a pyramid scheme. Um, that, in effect, authorized the MLM model as a business. And, yep. and then it exploded. Of course, once that was, uh, it's a, it's a license at that point, kind of franchise. <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds of them have now been spawned, they're cloned, so to speak. And and all of them for years said, we're like Amway. That's why we're legal. We're like Amway because Amway was called legal. So um, the point here is, though, what does law enforcement actually say? Well, mostly they say that multi-level marketing is a legitimate form of direct selling. So the declaration reads, the fifth declaration, the final declaration is that U.S. law enforcement policy toward multi-level marketing is unfounded. It perpetuates harm and it must be changed. So when we say unfounded, I, I point out the obvious that there is, you know, the evidence does not support the claim that MLM is a legitimate direct selling or that it is an income opportunity 
And we've had decades, decades of evidence now piling up that people don't and cannot profitably, sustainably retail these products. So that's the first thing. So it, it's disqualified as direct selling. Nobody's direct selling. So are you saying the anti-MLM content creators, people doing the podcast, the books, et cetera, this is something to focus on in their content is this decision is wrong and it needs to be changed kind of a thing? The FTC, yes. The FTC needs to be held to account here. For the actual facts. Yeah. The, the, we're we're pretending that these facts aren't sitting right in front of our faces. For the FTC to call this direct selling, well, show us how could something be direct selling in which 99% of the people never make a dollar from it and the products are unsellable. And they're not being sold. There's no evidence that they're being sold in the open market. And the amount of work they're putting in does not necessarily equate to money that they make. They're not, you know, those downline might be working harder, probably are working harder than the upline and they're making nothing. So it's not like direct selling. You work really hard. You, you would, you would make some money. Exactly. (laughs) That's right. So yeah, somebody has to be, if it's, uh, first of all, how how could there be 20 million direct sellers in America? I mean, selling what? And so, but so the evidence, as I say, becomes so overwhelming, so obvious, it it borders on absurdity, and and people often ruefully laugh. I hear that a lot in the anti MLM community. We laugh uh, because the facts are so overwhelming and and so contradictory of what official reality official reality tells us is going on so there's there's nobody out selling these products they are not sellable it's a joke so let's stop calling it so their policy of calling this legitimate direct selling is uh unfounded stop doing that they should stop doing that the other thing is the loss rate you know um I, I, again, the best number, you know, people say, uh, all these silly income disclosures, they're, oh, they're exaggerating income and so on. There's only one number of any value in MLM. Take any company, any of them, add up all the people who've ever been in it from the day one when it was founded. What percentage of those people made a net profit? The number is so close to zero, it might as well be called zero. So it's in effect, you can say, you know, nobody makes money. Well, the people that are soliciting you, they do, but they're not the ones that, you know, constitute the direct selling sales force. So this is obvious. This is verifiable. This is not difficult to to uh, research and determine. The FTC knows it. They have to know. How could they not know it? Anyway, the final point about this is that there's, there's obvious here uh, that there's pervasive, deliberate falsehoods that sustain multi-level marketing. That's how it functions, is on obvious, pervasive, and deliberate falsehoods. These are deliberates, and they inflict harm on thousands, millions of people. That's the reality of what is occurring. So what should the FTC do? Well, not just the FTC. In effect, the FTC is really not the proper agency. Why? Because they regulate trade. But we said in number one, this is not trade. So what should the FTC be doing then? Well, they should at least be investigating. 
they've never done an overall investigation of MLM in all these years. They've never investigated the industry. They look at payday loans. They look at, you know, other kinds of industries. Cigarette industry was investigated and, you know, all kinds of other industries have been investigated. Multi-level marketing as a, quote, industry or a cartel or whatever you want to call that has never been investigated. So that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Again, political, right? Yeah, political. They they are paid to not look. Or or they want to do their own MLM when they're out of the FTC, so they don't want it taken away. Yeah, yeah there's a yeah. career pathway for that. That's the saddest reality. So, you know, um, the declaration says, what should the FTC, all of them, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which has also never looked at M- MLM, uh, the SEC does look, the Securities Exchange does look at MLMs rarely when they are uh, either publicly traded or when the distributorships are sold like a security where they may go out and solicit investments from people for startups of MLMs, then they get interested in this. But in general, the three agencies in the U.S. Uh, I, that I think are most obvious to, to us, the FTC, SEC and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, um, they should first uh, stop the current policy of neglect. That's what they're doing. It's a kind of don't look, don't tell yeah, yeah. Uh, on MLM. They just look the other way, pretend that uh, we don't. We don't know. We don't know. If you ask them, uh, uh, is there is that company selling retail? Are there really people out there selling? We don't know. We haven't looked at it. You know. Uh, we don't have that data. Um, they should begin an investigation. Again, it wouldn't take, you wouldn't even have to leave the office. As we know, you could do it right from yeah. online. Just <laughs> peruse the web. You know, you wouldn't have to do much. Talk to a few people. The The podcasters have networks now of thousands of victims. So the resource, the, re- the, the legwork's already been done. What could an anti-MLM content creator do with that? information those episodes that they've done or those those connections they've made with people who have failed there are a few who have actually been able to make some contact with the federal trade commission and who are feeding their information directly yeah and that's that's what i would say but it has to have a point it can't just be hey look at this one company it has to always be look at this company as a window into the broader picture Actually, uh, ultimately, these findings should be referred to the Department of Justice because we are speaking about frauds here. And a few MLMs have been prosecuted uh, for fraud, not unfair and deceptive trade practices, but for fraud. And the few that people who have gone to jail, the MLM CEOs that have gone to jail, like Keith Raniere, or uh, there's been a few others, uh, not many, but a few. It was because the government determined this is deception, deliberate, and harmful, and with intent, and with knowledge that people would be harmed, and they did it for profit. It's so frustrating. The Keith Raniere thing was there was also some other things going on there that that were undeniable. It was not necessarily his MLM structure of his business there was sex sex trafficking and yeah that's right he had started as an amway distributor yeah right but that's all again a function of the mlm ability to 
take away your identity and persuade you to adopt this delusional belief system that's based on you know endless expansion plus the idea that they have a secret a secret on how to be happy and financially successful you don't have it they have it and they will give it to you once you come in and join that's the allure and when you have it then you will succeed and you will be healthy and wealthy and happy and fulfilled and everything you it's a utopia yeah it's so interesting because i was still in that it was still the mask was working for me even after getting out of amway and getting out of like just a silly little sopata jewelry thing that was just because i wanted to get the stuff cheaper <laughs> so i joined but it, it, you know i watched LuLaRoe and then i watched you know i watched the vow and for the vow to be the thing that really woke me up this was i was watching the vow going but that's just like the way i thought you know we thought we were like we looked at everybody else as if oh those poor people you know that whole us versus them and the blue light you know driving home and seeing the blue light on look they're just watching tv that's all they're doing with their life and you know just you know the hustle culture and the it's unbelievable. Yeah, because if you take away again the name Amway and just look at the methods that are used there, and it's universal in MLM that that they have the leaders are exalted into guru status. Yes, they they claim they have power and information that you don't have about success, and then they introduce you after that into a, a completely unsustainable false uh, business proposition based on an endless chain and tell you it's workable. It is workable and it works as long as you believe. So you have to have a belief. And how do you attain this belief? Well, they can even sell you courses on how to learn to believe. Mm -hmm. But it's always that it's you, your mindset that is flawed, and they can correct that for you. And once that happens, then the endless chain will work for you. And, you know, and everything else will fall into place in your life, your family life. And when it doesn't happen, you know, I left Amway just thinking, wow, I thought I worked hard, but I guess I didn't work hard enough. I'm a failure. Like at no point did I think that the system was wrong at no point because I had been totally brainwashed. Yeah. Well, the system presents itself as omnipotent, you know, infallible. And that it never admits error. It never allows question. So it is extremely authoritative uh, and hierarchical and dictatorial. And it's uh, and that's why many people have called MLMs fascistic. You know, it's like a fascist state you're in. You're inside where there's one leader who is self-appointed, who has all knowledge. He is infallible or she is infallible. And all your only job is to obey and follow the rules. And should you disobey or question, there are severe consequences. So in MLM, of course, they don't have guns and they don't have violence, but they have only mental violence. So they would try to persuade you that your life will be ruined. You'll go back to it. Nothing life of mediocrity. Or if that, if you should still speak up, then as we know from so so much documentation they will send the the recriminations uh the character assassinations the harassment 
yeah. uh, vilification of the individual to to convince you to shut up. If that still doesn't work, then they have the lawyers to come after you. Right, exactly. And I do think that's like you mentioned, the Department of Justice, there's there's actually a lot there that maybe could be prosecutable. I mean Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keith Raniere was suing everybody, all these schemes that have as they go down, they're suing any critic that dares question. I've been sued, other people have been sued. In other words, so they have the mechanisms, as they say, we're using uh, analogies of dictatorships. Of course, they have guns and violence. To, the MLM does not have that, um, but it has the ability to ruin your life financially, to bankrupt you, to assassinate you and your character, to make you think you are a terrible person, to ruin your social circle. You, you First, they get you to abandon most of your friends and family. Now you're dependent on this social network inside an MLM. Should you withdraw or come out, then they will take that away from you. Oh, too. yeah, you get You will shunned. become a non-person. Yeah. Shunned, yeah. So you'll be shunned. So these are powerful techniques, and they're very well known. And they are the common techniques of all cults. This should not be a joke. It should not be called culty, cult-like, cultic. It can be cultic, but not cult-like and culty. It is a cult. And that's a very dangerous thing. That is not a funny thing. It's not a... A silly thing or anything like that. A cult is a very dangerous form of organization. It's all about control, domination, and abuse. You know, once somebody has total control, then, you know, Keith Raniere showed it can then result into literal sexual enslavement. But for many other people, it's mental enslavement, financial enslavement. They will work for free for years and years. They will take on debt. Well, that that teaching that no one's a victim, which was a Keith Raniere big thing, you know, I mean, then you 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 don't want to complain. You don't want to, you know, you're it just shuts you up when you've been brainwashed yeah. that you're not you, a victim, you're not a victim, you're never a victim. It's you, you have to figure it out. You're you know, that it's it's unbelievably powerful and it shuts people up. Right. So that's the uh that's the five uh points of, of an uh, anti-MLM declaration that I hope gets out into the world and that the uh, people inside uh, all over the world begin to use these points so that we can advance this movement from complaint and, and just public awareness, which is all good. My goal is that this would advance the cause, advance the movement, and, and ultimately result in more people being helped. Uh, by the movement yeah. than are currently being helped. And I, and I know f for some people, it means stepping out of the zone of uh, comfort that we kind of are in where, you know, you appeal to the FTC to maybe look at this company or look at this particular deception of this pop product or this practice of, you know, exaggerating income and so on. So you're looking at the more fundamental issues that affect on all of these companies. Yeah. The big picture of big what picture. MLM is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's really important, and I, I hope it. You know, people who listen to this tell some other people to listen to this because it's, it's really these are the points that I think need to get out there. And I, you know, Robert, you've been doing this forever. I just want people to listen to you. Not forever. I, I just want people to listen to you. Yeah. Just listen yeah. to Robert, guys. <laughs> well, I have been at it a long time, and and. Uh, uh, my my, I think my origins are a little bit unusual. 
and, and allowed me, and so maybe my background was unusual too, to allow me to stay active in this and, and you know, for as long as I have. It's not common. People burn out. Sure. And I've seen it over mo- most of the people that I started working with uh, back when we started Pyramid Scheme Alert are no longer active now. Very few of them are, are still active. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a couple have passed away, but most of them just said, I, I can't do this anymore. And and I have myself had those the same same feelings too, especially when I was getting sued for five years. But you know, in general, though, the movement has exploded. This is a tremendous achievement that has occurred in civil society, and millions of people are not getting into these schemes as a result of that. And and uh, I think the, the movement is underway. It's a, it's a really positive thing, and there's some brilliant people out there exposing it with great podcasts and writing and speaking up. Yeah. And eventually it will it will uh, have even greater effect. Eventually, you're going to see some politicians speak up about this, but it's inevitable, uh, right? I mean, yeah, you would think <laughs> you would think I know. But again, just like some people give up on the anti-MLM because it's exhausting and it's like a brick wall with the politics. The people who are politicians are, you know, they've got to be pretty brave to take a step out like that. They do. All right. Thank you, Robert. This is amazing. Thank you, Melissa. Please remember to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ponzinomics101. And check out our website, www.ponzinomics101.com. We hope you spread the word about this podcast because the best defense is awareness. Thanks for listening.